So uh, it is Mother's Day. We are talking about uh, motherhood. Here's the deal. Speaking of motherhood, uh, we are uh, continuing in our series on relationships, and uh, this is rated E, rated everyone, because everybody has relationships. And so far, we've talked about friendships and marriage and parenting and honoring parents, and we looked last week at just men and especially those who are fathers, and if you missed any of those, you can go online and watch uh, the videos or listen to the podcast. Uh, Today, we want to concentrate on relationships that those uh, people have who are women, especially mothers. But uh, today is for all women, grandmothers, mothers, aunts, sisters, daughters, nieces, mentors, because a vision of biblical womanhood is of value for all women as well as the men who love them. So men, don't check out, all right? It's not our turn to check out because uh, you'll want to listen and whether you're a single guy hoping for meeting that right person at some point, uh, whether you're you know, struggling through your marriage, uh, or, or whatever uh, context you have special women in your life, your moms, your sisters, you know, whoever it is, there's something that we're going to have today as men to learn so that we can take and apply to those ladies that we love in our life. And so uh, we want to focus on that. Before we do, I just want to pray, and then we'll get into our time teaching. So would you pray with me? Lord, we do acknowledge that you are the creator of all things. And God, we thank you for uh, creating relationships, Lord, and that we can have friendships and marriages and that we can experience motherhood and fatherhood and what it means to be a child or a grandparent and a mentor and all these things. God, we're grateful that you've provided that, that you've made us relational. God, I pray that today as we spend time in your word, that you would give us instruction and wisdom that we can walk away with and apply to our relationships, Lord. And and as far as Mother's Day, Lord, um, give joy to those who are celebrating, Lord. And we pray that you give peace and comfort to those who are hurting. So God, be with us today as we learn and move forward. In Jesus' name, we all sit together. Amen. Last week, I reminded us that we're all made in God's image. Genesis 1.27 says this, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. As men and women, we've been designed by God. We've been created in his image. It's really interesting, though. God didn't make us the same, did he, as men and women? There's so many nuances and distinctions, even in the way he formed us. Like, for example, for man... Man, he just, he got together the dust of the earth, you know, he got a bunch of dirt together, formed us, breathed the breath of life into us. For women, no, he didn't get dirt. He took one of our ribs and fashioned a woman from the rib of Adam, you know, Um, different. And of course, there's purpose and meaning even behind that. But when we think about how God made the first woman, Eve, he didn't do it impulsively. He didn't do it on a whim. He didn't do it because he forgot something. He did it with intentionality and purpose, and he made Eve in his image just as he made Adam in his image. And although we refer to God in masculine language because he relates to us, for example, as the perfect father. He's the perfect father who who leads and guides and protects and disciplines his children. And also, uh, we relate to him like the perfect husband who perfectly provides and is a passionate and faithful lover and protects his bride. We, we, We look at this language, but we know that God is not gendered in and of himself. He just relates to us in those roles, and there's purpose behind that. God, as we see in John 4, 24, is spirit. God is spirit. And so we see men and women uniquely um, you know, showing that they are made in God's image and, and bearing that in their life. We think about some of the qualities that are both masculine and feminine that even belong to God as he made us in our image. And as far as the ladies, uh, think of some of these, for example. 
God comforts his people like a mother comforts her child. You see that in Isaiah 66, 13. God is like a mother eagle hovering over her young. Deuteronomy 32, 11. God seeks the lost like a housekeeper trying to find her lost coin. Luke 15, 8 through 10. Uh, God experiences the fury of a mother bear who's been robbed of her cubs. Isaiah 33, uh, Isaiah 13, 18. Jesus longs for the people of Jerusalem like a mother hen longed to gather her chicks under her wings. We saw that in Luke 13, 34. And so these are unique expressions that we find in the feminine qualities, but they're still a reflection of God. And so we're not defined um, outside of that image. We are defined by the fact that we are made in the image of God. So ladies, you're not defined by the images on magazine covers or store billboards or the TV screen. God's word reveals a glorious vision of womanhood. The culture is the one that distorts it and, and gives a different image. And so I'm so glad that our identity isn't found in culture. Our identity is not found in personal opinion or public opinion. It's not even found in our feelings. It's definitely not found in public policy. Who are you taking your cues from, ladies, on who defines you as a woman? Whose image you're supposed to go after? I just want to encourage you and remind you that you are made in the image of God and that your greatest value will be found in the reality that you are made in the image of God and that you will reflect that image in your life. Let your character be a reflection of the one who made you. You know, I put it out on social media, what does it mean to be a godly woman? And just got some feedback from a bunch of you online. It said, uh, a godly woman is known to be kind, caring, compassionate, loving, nurturing, showing restraint, servant-hearted, modest, faithful, confident, forgiving, loves and trusts gods, selfless, attentive, resourceful, has good character, hardworking, honest, patient, generous, supportive, submissive, and gracious. And the most popular answer, the most common answer to that question is, drum roll would be, Proverbs 31 woman. A lot of people said it's a Proverbs 31 woman, which is interesting because I was already planning on teaching out of Proverbs 31 today. It's a very daring thing for a man to stand on a platform on Mother's Day of all days. Say, I want to teach about womanhood from Proverbs 31. It's either daring or just flat out crazy. So um, I asked for extra prayer this week uh, before stepping up here. Now, with that being said, God does have some things to say. And so I want to invite you into Proverbs chapter 31 with me. Open up your Bibles to Proverbs 31. And this whole chapter is a great read for both men and women. And it's, it's, a, it's a pretty vast uh, chapter, but I just want to focus on six verses. I just want to look at six of the qualities of this excellent woman, this godly woman that you see in Proverbs 31. And so join me in verses 25 through 31. And so we're entering into this stream of descriptive qualities for the woman who's reflecting the image of God in her life in a way that's manifested in her relationships, specifically um, her husband and her kids and their community. And in verse 25, moving on, we see this. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. And she opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her, saying, many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. 
Give her the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. The Proverbs 31 description, of course, there's more verses that entail this whole chapter. The Proverbs 31 woman is a far cry from the projected extremes that we see modeled and um, spoken to in the society today in our culture. It's, it's not that fragile, docile doormat that's on one side, nor is it that macho self-identifying with males on the other side. But when we look at Proverbs 31, it gives a healthy sketch of a woman who has a productive hand. She's got a sharp mind, a tender heart, and godly character. Now, before we go any further, we have to acknowledge this. At the mere mention of Proverbs 31, some of you ladies have already checked out, right? Some of you ladies are already gone, oh, here we go, Proverbs 31, and you're cringing because you've, you've heard this taught, you, you look at this, this picture of this woman, and because Proverbs 31, and man, this is good for you to hear because sometimes we're you know, insensitive and go, well, you know, why don't you be a Proverbs 31 woman or why don't you go read Proverbs 31, realizing that's not really the best thing to say. Um, <laughs> in case you didn't know that. Proverbs 31 can produce feelings of inadequacy for our ladies. The image of some superhuman woman who sets the bar so high for biblical womanhood that it can't even be attained. I love what uh, Lauren Oquist, who's a content manager for Proverbs 31 Ministry, she said this. She said, this woman in Proverbs 31 is skillful in a lot of different things. Scratch that. She's skillful in everything. According to the chapter, she wakes up super early, has great biceps, buys property, wears a lot of purple, cares for her kids, cares for the poor, keeps her home warm at night, and doesn't eat carbs. The bar is just set so high. Well, while Proverbs 31 is a profile of a godly woman, it's a woman who's reflecting the image of God in her life. And I just want to encourage you ladies, do not see it as a job description. Do not see it as a checklist. It's a celebration of a type of woman who is excellent and glorifying to God and a blessing to her family. It's not intended to be a prescription that should propel women everywhere to get married, have kids, and go start handmaking clothes. It's not really what we need to look at when we see this. Proverbs 31 is a tribute to women rather than a checklist for women. The writing of Proverbs 31 is heavily influenced by Old Testament Hebrew culture. So we need to modernize its application with qualities that have agricultural and domestic vibe to it. Ultimately, when you look at Proverbs 31, the Proverbs 31 woman is the type of woman who joyfully lives the life she has rather than wishing for the life she doesn't. It's really what you see here. And one of the reasons this is a good passage to look at on Mother's Day is that Proverbs 31, and some of you may not know this, are, are actually words of a mother written to a son. God took the words of a mom and, and put him in his word uh, as she is giving advice to her son. When you look at Proverbs 31.1, it says this, the words of King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother taught him. And so King Lemuel's mom was giving advice to her unmarried son at the time, a prince, on what type of woman to find and marry. And she's basically saying, don't just look for a hottie, my son. Find a woman of good godly character, all right? Here's another mistake we can make. A lot of times single women look at Proverbs 31 and dismiss it, thinking it's only reserved for married women or women who have children. But here's an interesting curiosity. that, um, For one, it's good news that a husband and a child are not requirements for biblical womanhood. 
But the interesting curiosity is that if God inspired a mother's words to guide her unmarried son to look for a certain type of woman, then the woman described is actually a single woman who has the capacity for these very characteristics. And so we can't so quickly dismiss it. It's a beautiful description. Abigail Dodds, who's a blogger and contributing author to Desiring God, said, but where in Scripture can we find a vision of womanhood as glorious as this? Who but our God could design something with such blinding beauty along robust strength? The Psalms and Proverbs fill out this vision of a woman that shows us fortitude clothed in splendor, a woman who presides over her domain with strong arms and resourcefulness. So Proverbs 31 is a great passage for both men and women to understand, no matter what stage and age or who the special ladies are in your life. So with that as a backdrop, I want to zoom in on the five qualities that we see in these verses that really are a great reflection for the woman who is trying to live out the Father's image in her life. According to Proverbs 31, 25 to 31, women reflect, women reflect the Father's image when they are valiant, when they are valiant. Look at verse 25. It says, strength and dignity are her clothing. Strength, that means strong, might, power, dignified, splendor, and honor. It's above common. It's true class and true virtue and godly character. And so I combine those two and put together the word valiant because it's a word that captures both strength and dignity. It's a word that captures both power and nobility. Valor isn't just a quality reserved for men, but women are to be women of valor as well. Women are much stronger than often they're given credit for. That's when the ladies are like, that's right, all right? Now think about it. When a woman runs a half marathon, when a woman is battling breast cancer, when a woman delivers a baby, when a woman has to endure her husband's arrogance, you see glimpses of her strength. You see glimpses of her valor. One of our staff uh, ladies named Christy says, I prefer the term warrior princess. I'm like, that's good. <laughs> you can roll with that. Strength and dignity are her clothing. Man, to be a woman who is reflecting the image of God in your life, you'll be valiant. There'll be strength. There'll be dignity. So sisters, when you're valiant, you're showing strength and dignity and God's image in your life. We also see that a woman who's reflecting the image of God in her life will be secure. She'll be secure. Look at verse 25. It continues on. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. This is not laughing because she necessarily finds something funny. It's laughter and contempt. It's a mocking laughter. She's not phased by the future, which means she's not fearful or worrisome. But instead, she finds herself being secure and stable. Why? Because she's trusting the Lord. She's trusting God's hand and how he holds everything. And he knows that God's hand holds her and God's hand holds her family and that he's going to take far better care of the things that she would worry about than she will. And so she finds herself being one who laughs at the future because of the security. And so she starts to delight at what is ahead. She starts to feel up to the task, and her faith in the Lord's arms guard her against potential worry. So sisters, when you find yourself growing in security, you are reflecting the image of the one who made you. We also see that a woman reflecting the image of the one who made her will be wise. Look at verse 26. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. And so for the woman who's trying to grow in these qualities, uh, she will grow in credibility of wisdom, but not just in having wisdom, but in how she delivers it. 
how she delivers it. It's interesting, when I put that out there on social media, what's the, what's the characteristic of a godly woman? It was so interesting to see one of those women said restraint. I'm like, that, that was wise. It's a wise word. We, we all need to learn restraint. But I thought that was a great quality that she captured on that. And so we see her influence as a teacher upon her relationships, especially those who have children. And it's interesting when you look at this phrase here, it says that the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. The word teaching there in the original language is the word Torah. It's the law. The law of kindness is on her tongue. And that, of course, is reference to God's law, God's word. And so we see that this is a woman who teaches God's law with grace, a woman who can give tender guidance and counsel. And so when she opens up her mouth, it's not to gossip, it's not to slander, it's not to have idle talk. It's her words are distinct, uh, distinguished by good sense and discretion for those she's instructing. I love what Charles Spurgeon, great theologian and author, uh, wrote about his mom. He says, I cannot tell you how much I owe to the solemn word of my good mother. And behind, they, they say behind every good man is a great woman. And I think that's uh, so true. So sisters, when you're wise, and when you deliver that teaching with kindness, you're reflecting the image of the Father who made you. We also see that women who are diligent reflect the image of the one who made them. Verse 27 says, she looks well to the ways of her household, and does not eat the bread of idleness. The whole concept of looking well is actually the concept of surveillance, in a sense. That she surveys her environment, she surveys that which is around her, and then she rolls up her sleeves to meet the needs. And so she looks well to the needs around her. She's not found to be lazy, but diligent. She's a hard worker. She manages. She manages resources. She manages her home. She manages um, her children. Whatever's before her. And I think this is where we've got to be very careful because this whole concept of being diligent, it's not about perfection. It's about purpose. When we're diligent, we're diligent for a purpose. We're not diligent just to be um, perfect. And I know and I've heard and I've had many conversations with dear sisters who feel like, man, I've got to be perfect. The house has to be perfect. I have to look perfect. The kids have to act perfect. The kids have to look perfect. And on and on and on and on. And instead, it's like, you know what? It's about being a woman of purpose. I'm going to be diligent to pursue the purpose that God has for me in my life. I don't need to redline it. I don't need to go without rest. I asked permission to share this, but there was a woman in our church who posted this list last week on her Facebook page. It was just one of those days. It was one of those days where the dishes stacked up, the laundry stacked up, everything stacked up, and she just tapped out. She's like, I, I just don't think I can do this. And so she said, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to call it call it a night. I'm going, to, I'm going to rest. I'm going to take it easy. I'm going to visit with a friend, and I'm just going to go to bed. I'm going to wake up the next day. And she said this. She goes, last night I went to bed without shame and woke up today feeling refreshed and ready to tackle my day and these dishes. I think as a woman, we place so much expectations on ourselves to be perfect, whatever that actually looks like. And we end up losing ourselves in the process. And not only we suffer, but our family suffers. So being diligent doesn't mean pursuing perfection. Being diligent means just fulfilling purpose. Purpose for the day, the purpose that God has for you, attentive to needs, resourceful, diligent, living with purpose, not perfection. And so my sisters, when you find yourself being diligent, you're reflecting the image of the Father who made you. Lastly, we see this image of God is going to produce a godly characteristic in your life. This is a great verse. I, I, challenge, I challenge you to memorize it, ladies. Verse 30 is powerful. It's kind of like the hinge for the whole chapter of Proverbs 31. It says, charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. This is a growth and understanding that spiritual beauty is more um, important than physical beauty. 
than to pursue spiritual beauty over physical beauty. It doesn't mean that it's against physical beauty. You know, you definitely want to, to pursue physical beauty as well. You, you feel good when you, you know, feel beautiful. Um, the men in your life, sons, husbands, dads, whatever, they, they acknowledge that. But it, you have to go after spiritual beauty over physical beauty. Uh, Trulia Newbell, who's a blogger and a contributing author for Desiring God and the Gospel Coalition, made a reference to uh, Peter. Because in 1 Peter 3, 3, Peter talks about, you know, our adornment. And she said this, she goes, Peter doesn't say we should not wear braided hair and jewelry. He doesn't want us to be overly focused on it. The heart is the main thing. The heart is the focus of our femininity. And so I think that's, just, I think that's wise. I think that's solid um, counsel for us. And so why spend tons of money and energy trying to preserve physical beauty, which only will fade, when the source of real and true beauty in a, is a woman's heart and character, made especially beautiful because she has a fear an awe, a reverence of the Lord. And of course, to have fear of the Lord, you have to know the Lord. You have to be in relationship with the Lord. And so the most beautiful characteristic of a woman is her love for Jesus. It's the source for all the other things that are spoken to in Proverbs 31. And so we need to be able to go after that quality. So let your love for the Lord be primary. And sisters, when you pursue that, you're reflecting the image of the one who made you. So as we look at this Proverbs 31 example of womanhood and the reflection of God's glory, um, we realize it truly is a reflection of the Lord. The Lord is valiant, strong, right, and dignified. We know that the Lord is secure. He holds all things in his hands. The Lord doesn't worry. He invites us into that, to not worry. We know that the Lord is wise, all wisdom, ultimate wisdom. We know that the Lord is kind. How many of us are sitting here with more kindness from God than we deserve, Right? The Lord is kind, absolutely. He's diligent. God didn't create everything and then sit back and go, have fun. Hope it works out for you. God surveys the needs. God provides for our needs. Every day we're provided for. The Lord is diligent, always at work and providing and, and taking care of us. Uh, he is obviously godly. He is all things pure and good and holy. And so let your character be a reflection of the one who made you in his image. And there's some um, outcomes for the women who pursue this in their life. And we see those in verses 28 through uh, 31. Verse 28 says, Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Verse 29, Many women have done excellently, but you surpassed them all. I don't think this man's being disingenuous. This is, this is a man who's, who's learning how to just um, give honor and praise and affirmation to a special woman in his life. Verse 31 says, give her the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. And so this is going to take on many manifestations for uh, our ladies. One, for those with children, you're going to be praised by your kids. Sometimes this is delayed by decades. <laughs> it might be years later. Uh, and after they have kids, that's even better. After they have kids, oh, I had no idea all that you did. And so don't, don't be discouraged if it's not like every day they walk up, Mom, you're blessed. Mom, you're happy. You know, it doesn't always go down that way, but the moments come. And those are, those are gifts. Those are affirmations. Those are joys to your heart. For those who are, are married, it means that they're going to be praised by their husband. The husband finds a way to brag on his wife and her qualities and her characteristics. And so men that are married here, when's the last time you've bragged on those qualities in your wife? When's the last time you, with a total genuine and sincere affirmation, just spoke about the things you love and appreciate about her. 
But for marriage and singles, uh, she's praised by her community. It says, let her works you know, um, give her praise. And her works are showcased, and her character and her diligence are showcased, and it's a vital contribution to the whole community. And it draws affirmation in her life. And so there's praise for the woman who's pursuing these in her life. And just a note for us as men. If you really look at Proverbs 31 as a passage in general, um, it's, it's addressed to King Lemuel. It's addressed to a man. It's not written to a woman. It's written to a man. And at the end, it talks about uh, children and men giving praise to, to the ladies. So really, it's not really just about a Proverbs 31 woman. It's about being a Proverbs 31 man who will give praise to his wife. It's about being a Proverbs 31 child that has sons and daughters if we're going to be a Proverbs 31 child, we're going to show appreciation and gratitude um, to our moms for who they are and for what they do. And so uh, we, we see that. There, there's a great example of this. I'm a little bit scared to, uh, to throw it out there because once I do, it's like, all right, someone raised the bar really high. But in Jewish culture, it's not typically the women who memorize Proverbs 31. It's the men who memorize Proverbs 31. And typically and traditionally what happens in Jewish culture is on the eve of the Sabbath, whether in the synagogues or in their homes, men start to sing a song back to their wives. Guess what song it is? It's all of Proverbs 31. They're singing Proverbs 31 to their wives or sometimes with their daughters and, you know, their moms in the house, and they're just paying a tribute to the special women and the wives. Thanks a lot, guys, for raising that bar. My wife, you know, earlier, like, when are you going to sing Proverbs 31 to me? I'm like, oh, man. I better try to memorize it first. <laughs> the name of the song in Hebrew, I can't pronounce that right now, but it's a woman of valor. It's called a woman of valor. It's a beautiful thing. Some of you single ladies are like, hmm, got to find a nice messianic Jewish boy, I guess. <laughs> but all that comes together. Here's, here's the bottom line. If, if, ladies, if you're pursuing these qualities, this, this is going to bring a godly reflection from you. You're going to reflect the one who made you. And that godly reflection will bring godly affirmation in your life. Obviously, for all of us, Proverbs 31 holds great qualities, but all of Scripture. True biblical womanhood is not encapsulated only in Proverbs 31. It's, it's found in the totality of all Scripture. And, and just if I can speak to you, sisters, although the praise of a husband and a child is great, the praise of your father should be the utmost in your life. That God is pleased with you. The Lord is pleased with you. And that how you act and what you do and how you live the purpose you fulfill is to please the Lord. That's the ultimate goal. And of course, you can't do that if you don't know the Lord. And so for anyone here who's not in relationship with the Lord, just, just know that God loves you. And the sins in our life keep us you know, distant from him. But he solved that through the death of Jesus on the cross. He solved that through the resurrection of Jesus from the grave so that we can be in relationship. You've got to start there. Well, this is obviously a sticky topic, and um, I'm not an expert by any means. I've never walked the shoes of a Proverbs 31 woman. I've, I've been a recipient of the blessing of walking with a Proverbs 31 woman. And, and oftentimes when we uh, have messages, we'll bring up people just to share, give a testimony about that. And as has been thinking about all the different options, it came about that the person I want to invite up today was really my wife, Rika. And so I want to invite my wife, Rika, up here to join me. Uh, this is a special treat for us because oftentimes she's not in the earlier services. In fact, I don't think the A15 service recognized her at all. Uh, <laughs> Because uh, she's, she's usually home getting the kids ready. And, and um, I, I tremendously value her. Uh, uh, ministry life's interesting because 
typically a, a Sunday for us is very different than the Sunday for the average person. She, she gets to be a single mom most Sundays because um, we're here. And so I, I truly do see Rika as a Proverbs 31 woman in my life, especially our move out here, because uh, Proverbs 31.25 says this, says she's not afraid of snow. So when we moved out here from California, you know, she was definitely evidencing a Proverbs 31 um, attribute in her life. But our, our church is full of godly women, but my wife doesn't get a chance. And this is, this is not something she seeks out. We talk about talking in front. She's like, oh, no, just let me, let me do guest reception and talk to new people and make them feel comfortable. But I, I'd love for Rika just to share a little bit about Proverbs 31 from a woman's perspective. And so I, I just really have two big questions. The first one is this. Like, like I talked about, Proverbs 31 can be very discouraging for women. You know, we're try, you know, trying to live out the reflection of God in your life. What about Proverbs 31 can be discouraging? And out of those attributes I talked about, like maybe even give an example of one from your life. Okay, well, first of all, the compliment on Sunday mornings can count as the song, so good job. Okay. <laughs> I won't make you sing. Um, I think what can be discouraging to us women as we read Proverbs 31 is it can seem daunting and unattainable. Many of us feel overwhelmed and defeated, feeling like there's no way that we can measure up to this passage. I subscribe to the school of thought that it's more of a portrait of what a godly woman should aspire to be. It's a collective list, not a checklist like Chad said. It's not a checklist at all, but it's a collective list of attributes to aspire to more so than a description of a specific superwoman of sorts. This helps me to take a deep breath and relax a little. When, I, when we consider the truth of Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, we realize that this type of perfection is not going to be mastered by us every second of every day. For me personally, I can't always laugh at the future without a shred of anxiety like described in this passage. Um, unfortunately, I can easily find myself worried and rest restless about the future. And surely, if I were to make clothing for my children, they would not rise and call me blessed. They would run in embarrassment. <laughs> God has made each of us differently and given us each different skills and gifts. We need to operate in how he has individually and uniquely wired us to live out these attributes. Much like the fruit of the spirit attributes listed in Galatians 5, and 23, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, etc. In our humanity, we are not going to fulfill all of these attributes all the time, but we still strive toward it. Likewise, in the ways that we are to love as described in 1 Corinthians 13, Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not boast. It's a list of godly attributes to aspire to. I think one of the things that might trip up some of us women is comparing ourselves to this supposed literal woman of Proverbs 31. If we instead view it as a list and desire to grow in it, it won't seem as daunting to us. Our Heavenly Father has raised the bar high, but he didn't do so to intimidate us and make us feel defeated and set us up to fail. He has a plan, he has a plan and provides a way. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. We cannot attain this on our own, but through the power of Christ in us, we can experience growth in these Proverbs 31 attributes. I appreciate that. So I, I hear you basically reinforcing it's, it's, it's about purpose, not perfection. 
That's good. Uh, what about the other side? What about Proverbs 31 is encouraging and is um, motivating? And when you think about those qualities I mentioned, maybe which one have you seen the Lord grow in you? And, and uh, how can this passage be a, a sense of joy for women instead of a sense of grudgery? <laughs> I think the, came, the thing that came to me first about what's encouraging through this passage is it clarifies a woman's purpose. This passage brings us encouragement to reflect God's image daily it's a guide for a woman's purpose. As we study it, we need to be affirmed in the areas that we're doing well and also receive exhortation from the Lord in areas that we need growth. By the grace of God, one of the areas of affirmation in my life in this regard has been a little growth in the area of, area of being valiant. And of course, he uses challenges in our lives to do these things. For me, it was challenges like infertility, adoption, moving across the country away from family and friends to a much different climate. I, re I recall feeling pretty tough after we survived our first winter here, and I was thinking, dang, we are hardcore. <laughs> no matter what our challenges each of us may face, we want to live a purposeful life. We want to feel useful and contribute in some way. And this is true in all stages of life. For example, if you're a single woman longing to be married, you can still be a student of Proverbs 31 at this time in your life and apply some of the principles. Verse 20 says she opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. A single woman can use this season of life to grow in these attributes and become more concerned with being the right person rather than finding the right person. Or for us moms of young children, sometimes we can feel lost in our motherhood. We can feel our identity is lost and feel purposeless. Instead, we need to be students of Proverbs 31 and remember that we are to parent to the glory of God. We have a great purpose in raising our children to know and love the Lord. Verse 26 says, she opens her mouth with wisdom and teaching, the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. And even further down the road for a widow, um, she can live out Proverbs 31 as a bride of Christ, being an example of godly womanhood to those around her. No matter our stage of life, Proverbs 31 is applicable to each and every one of us, and we can find great purpose that matters for eternity in everyday lives. So really the same thing, just having joy in the purpose, not, not in perfection. So. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for sharing from a woman's perspective. I'm very grateful for her to do that. And, and she's going to stick around and pray in a minute. And I want her to pray um, for our ladies. But just to bring some application for us from all that we've talked about, uh, just some thoughts for that. Uh, one, just as, as, a, as, a, as an overall thought, just as Rika had mentioned, ladies, we don't want you to be overwhelmed by Proverbs 31. Let, let it be something of growth and aspiration in your life. Uh, don't, don't look for perfection. Uh, just look for the purpose that's there in it and the purpose to reflect the image of the one who made you. And so maybe a few questions to start with uh, for, for you as uh, sisters in Christ in this room. Um, what quality has God helped you reflect well in your life? When you think about your life and, and, you, and you look at these attributes found in Proverbs 31, where do you go, God, thank you for that. Thank you for that. I've grown here. Thank you for that. Um, on the other side, um, which quality is God impressing on your heart to, to reflect better? You know, as you read Proverbs 31 or even the five traits that I mentioned today, which one does God want to grow you in and how can you do that? Mem memorizing Proverbs 31.30 is a great start. And just understanding what it means to be a woman who fears the Lord and knowing that uh, everything that, that you desire in life is going to flow out of your relationship with the Lord. Also, men, how can we encourage 
the, the ladies in our lives that we value, that are, that are, that are godly women. And so uh, we made it very easy for you. We did this last week. Uh, there's a thank you card in your program. Um, there's also extras out at the uh, table in the foyer. When's the last time we took the opportunity just to write a thank you note to you know, our wife or maybe it's, it's your mom or a sister or, or a woman who's just been a, a great source of godly counsel in your life that you can just write and say thank you to? Ladies, we did the same thing for the men last week. And so if you weren't here, uh, you can take a thank you card out and, and take one of those from the table and just write a thank you note to the godly man in your life, a husband, a father, um, a brother, or just a brother in Christ who's been an encouragement to you. So a great way for us to, to capitalize on that opportunity. If you're online, you're not here, obviously just go get yourself a thank you card and, and follow suit. That'll be good for you. Um, a few resources that I wanted to recommend if this is a topic that you want to continue to grow in and learn more about. Don't, don't forget that we have an online library at, at, at your disposal. It's absolutely free. It's called Right Now Media. Just go to our website, click on the Right Now Media link, and follow the um, subscription uh, criteria there, and you'll find yourself with thousands of videos at your fingertips. And there's a whole section on, on women's studies. And so, ladies, there's uh, there for you for personal time or if you want to get together in a life group or with a couple friends and, and learn more about how to grow as a, a, a woman of God, how to fear the Lord, that's a great resource. It's free. Just, you know, spend the time to do it. Also, a book I, I mentioned last week, really for all of us, men and women, is um, The uh, Recovering Biblical Manhood and Womanhood by John Piper and Wayne Grudem. Great book just to read more on God's vision for manhood and womanhood, not, not the world's, and, and really come back to true north for us as men and women. Uh, specific to the ladies, these are recommends from Leanne Brisbane, our uh, director of women's ministry. Uh, Recovering, I'm sorry, Divine Design by Nancy Lee DeMoss. It's an eight-week study on biblical womanhood. Uh, Lies that Women Believe, also by Nancy Lee DeMoss. And then Discovering the Treasure of a Godly Woman by Elizabeth George, who uh, wrote that specifically around Proverbs 31. So great resources uh, for you if you want to grow in this area. Also, uh, if you've come today as, as a woman and you just have a, a need in your life, this has kind of been a painful topic or something's brewing inside that you want to grow in, we're going to have some of our friends in the prayer cove. The prayer cove is reserved for the ladies today. And so if, as a single, a wife, a mom, divorced, widowed, whatever's going on in your life, if you need extra prayer, feel free to stop by our prayer cove on the way out. We'd love to pray for you. And obviously, again, the, the starting point is relationship with Christ. And if you want to know more about how to have a relationship with Jesus, or even today you're going to take that step of faith of believing in Christ and following Christ, uh, find the response cards around you and just put that out. I'd like to learn more about following Jesus, or I'm choosing to follow Christ today. And we'll get in touch with you and tell you about your next steps to grow. So with that, um, I'm going to ask all the ladies to stand. All the ladies in the room, would you stand, please? And we're going to close in prayer. I just want to say thank you so much. I'm so glad that God has given us women in our life to reflect uh, unique qualities that, that he has that he's given you. I'm so grateful for that. And it's a joy um, to be with women who are trying to operate out of fear in the Lord and reflect those images. So with that, I'm gonna have Rika close us in prayer and then find what application fits best for you and walk in it today. Okay, let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are a good, good father and we are so blessed to be your beloved children and specifically for us women, your beloved daughters. Thank you for the truths you reveal to us in your word. Please help each and every woman here to grow in being valiant, secure, wise, diligent, and godly. Teach us to view this list as loving encouragement from you, our Father, rather than view it as daunting and unattainable. 
Through the power of your Holy Spirit, please help us aspire to the great purposes you have for us as we strive to live out these attributes in our lives. We are so grateful that you love us enough to send your son to die in our place so we can have eternal life and abundant life here. In Jesus' name, amen.